This is CliffCentral.com. It's time for Anthea. Here she is. She works hard for my money. Anthea, she works hard for your money. Well. Anthea, she works hard for her money. So we better treat her life. Very exciting news today. Before we even let Anthea loose on you with all of the info about the uh, the money shot and the week in South Africa's finances, we'll get to the winner of our Easy Equities and uh, Cliff Central competition. Is uh, he on the line or you want to talk to him just now? Okay, I'll answer just now, Sia, only because you asked so nicely. <laughs> Anthea, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good morning. Are you having a good Monday? No, because I woke up without electricity this morning. Last oh. week, I didn't have any hot water. What, you mean ESCOM aren't good at their job? Mm. That's a, No, you're lying. That, that's <laughs> such a brilliant company that's so full of success. Oh, you're right. What was I thinking? I mean, how, how could I expect that of them? All right, well, at least you have water. Today I had water, yes. Because apparently, even though the drought is over and long forgotten, agri-business reports have shown that um, the farming sector is not out of the woods yet. Oh, yes. This is, I mean, so, you know, we were watching this drought because it impacted on inflation and meat prices were up spectacularly. Um, and so agri-business said last week that there are a couple of things. Actually, the farmers just have not planted enough maize so that's one issue and then also it takes about four to five years for farmers to rebuild their cattle stocks sure and on top of all of that we do have foot in mouth um, which means that the normally we export 40 percent of meat can't be exported anymore so yes farmers really are struggling um <laughs> sorry about that. that wasn't a reference to me right no. <laughs> okay. Do you even think along. that? <laughs> okay. well, that's terrible. Do you know what I'm really surprised at now that I'm thinking about this agribusiness is that no one's asked me about cannabis stocks yet. Not that I'm advocating it, but it does seem that cannabis stocks have taken over from Bitcoin last year. Yeah, they did. They became the prize possession for the, anyone with extra money. There were more play, there were more cannabis related stocks listed last year than ever before, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so on, on the global stock exchange, and obviously it's about products and there were conferences and all sorts of things. And some of those shares actually spiked significantly. So Okay. Well maybe it was a good thing to get into, but you don't know if you want to get in now. No, I like it's it's not my thing. I, I don't I don't like to follow trends in that sense of the word. Um you know, so I think some people must have made some money last year and everyone's thinking it's a new thing. I don't think it's that new. Um okay. you know you know, cannabis has been used for medical purposes for ages and i know the delegalization is that a word the the deregulation deregulation thank you um or legalization right yeah. <laughs> um makes it all very exciting and everyone thinks that this is going to be a new industry but i'm not sure about it I, i'm not sure it's going to last i think long. it'll be a small scale thing for starters and then the big companies the big tobacco companies will probably get involved and that's when the the prices will start to climb Yes, exactly. They'll control supply and demand as they always do. There you go. And then it starts getting exciting. But let's talk about our own supply and demand. Leadership is in very, very high demand in this country and very low supply. It seems that anyone connected somewhere in that wilderness between politics and business 
Anyone who has connections on both sides is usually an unscrupulous character. There are a few who have managed to keep their reputations clean. And one of those people is Maria Ramos, who, despite the fact that there are probably a lot of people who don't like her, has really done a good job everywhere she's been, at least a reasonable job in some places. Um, she's very connected to former finance minister Trevor Manuel. She's had experience in the private sector and in government. She's just resigned as ABSA CEO. What does this mean for ABSA? Um, so I'm afraid she's not as popular as maybe she should be or you'd like her to be. Uh, the share was up 6% on the day she resigned. Now, that's so, always interesting because usually if someone leaves a company, the share goes down. Yeah, if they've done a good job, the share goes down. Oof. But Maria, she's not a banker. And I think when you're talking about banks, you really want a banker at the helm. You want somebody who understands the complicated and the intricate policies and the products and that sort of thing. So I, I think she had a tough time of it. You know, she did say she was going to resign ages ago, like two years ago already, and then the bank said to her, no, can you manage the separation from Barclays, which she did, and I think she feels she's done a decent enough job. She certainly got Barclays to pay up for that. Um, last year, by the way, her package was 37 million rand, so I think she's good to, to, to retire. That's a lot of money. Did she make any really big improvements to ABSA and their way of, of doing things? I mean, we know no. about the big Barclays split which I think cost ABSA a lot of money. It co certainly cost Barclays a lot of money. You know, the combination cost ABSA and then the split Barclays mm. paid for. But no, that's the thing. She, In fact, they've lost market share um, and, and it's just it hasn't grown into this wonderful business that she wanted it to, do, to grow into. So it's been a bit – it's been tougher. Um, they've appointed Rene van Veek as the interim chief executive, uh, effective from March, but rumors started – or people are talking that maybe Peter McClary, remember Peter yeah, McClary, ex-Tiger Brands, ex-SABC, uh, mm. I believe. Eh? Well, there only are so many, as I said earlier, so many people who could take on a leadership role. So it's always the same people get shuffled. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that <coughs> analysts and investors would be that excited about him taking over either um, because he left Tiger Brands under a bit of a cloud. Um, he is currently the deputy CEO of the Africa business, so… But he's a name that everyone knows, right? And he joined a while ago, so maybe. Yeah, look, he's I got mean, his... don't get me wrong. I like Peter McLaren. He's he's Absolutely. actually got a, a good record, but uh, I don't know. Look, Absa is just it's the it's the most it's the slowest of the banks, right? Yeah, they're the it, slowest. They have the least innovation. They have the least interesting stuff going on. They seem to be the most steeped in old ways, and as much as they try, that is the reputation they've got, deserved or undeserved. Yeah. And Maria Ramos didn't do much to help that. Unfortunately not, no. And I think there was just a huge clash of cultures with Barclays, so obviously. <laughs> if Absa is this big old ship that doesn't turn very well, then obviously right. Barclays is fairly kind of Navy SEAL stuff. Um, and then in the retail sector again last week, we had very disappointing disappointing trading statement. ShopRite reported after market close that shares opened 14% lower the following day. That's very bad. I mean, earnings per share guidance was down. They said it would be down between 26 and 36%. Now, we were expecting a decline, but we were expecting 5 to 10% decline. Um, and ShopRite said the weaker performance was slow, slower turnover due to lower inflation. Uh, they had stock availability issues because of one strikes and two IT issues that they had. They're, they're trying to upgrade their systems. Um, then they had that currency devaluation in Angola, 
Mm-hmm. And margins, and this is the worst one. We don't like this. Margins were under pressure because, you know, high volume businesses, you need your margins to stay the same because if they come under pressure and you lose a bit of volume, then, then what it's what we call jaws. There's a real squeeze on profits. Um, and that's a problem. Then on the other side of the LSM spectrum, we had LVMH. That's the luxury goods people. Uh, Louis Vuitton Mut Hennessy. Yep. Yeah. Unexpectedly strong results last week. So it feels like the poor are getting poorer and the rich are bouncing back. You know, they're well, not Well, Didi Nieni got a bag, a Louis Vuitton bag with 300,000 in cash in it and she probably went and bought another bag. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that maybe ha- helped them along. Ah, could well And you know, if you sell one of those bags, it's like, uh, 700,000 of the poor people buying one thing each. So. <laughs> that, that would explain it. I right? haven't thought of it that yeah, way. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So very good. And then EOH, the IT company, um, they fell by 14% on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, after ESCOM released um, a SENS late afternoon, so it must have been Tuesday, sorry, um, saying that there were ties and irregularities with EOH, and they actually named some people. So mm. first of all, the ESCOM chief procurement officer yep. and then senior officials in the procurement department were involved in acts of misconduct oh, with surprise, EOH. Surprise. <laughs> and this you cannot even make up. EOH's audit and risk committee guide didn't declare his conflict of interest. <laughs> Subsequently, EOH have come back and said, you know, that's not true. Uh, ESCOM have said, well, it's not completely right. And the shares j- bounced a little bit. Yeah. But EOH actually has just been under a cloud of kind of hmm. misconduct, if you like, <laughs> for a while now. All right. Um, apparently there's a veil mudslide. Vale. What was the, where's Vale? Vale is an iron ore business in, um, the US. Okay. D- did you not see it on the news? No. Last weekend where people were literally Vale-y. drowning. Yeah. Drowning in mud. Oh my God. And, uh, the helicopters couldn't drag them out of the mud strongly enough. And, oh, oh it was, it was an absolute disaster. I don't know how many people died. So is this a mine? Yes. It's oh, a okay. mine. Um, and they produce iron ore. And in fact, they said that they're taking 40 million tons of iron ore off the market while they kind of refigure everything and trying to mm. work it out. Huge disaster. God. Um, and of course, we, we don't like talking about this, but why we mention it is because iron ore spiked 6%. And of course, we're big iron ore producers, Kumba, Exaro, Anglo a little bit. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a supply-demand story, right? So right. supply has decreased and demand has fairly much stayed the same, and therefore the product price goes higher. And, of course, the shares will jump. I mean, I think our, our shares didn't jump as much as I thought they would have, but still, you saw a significant jump in Kumba Iron Ore. Speaking of jumps in shares, Apple jumped suddenly Yeah, 5%. How did that happen? That's right, because they put out results last week, not huge, slightly better than consensus. So, uh, $4.18 versus what we were expecting of $4.17 per share earnings. Um, so not great, but it is the first time the company reported that their holiday quarter sales declined since 2001. Um, and Tim Cook actually admitted that people are holding on to their iPhones much longer than they used to. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so so it's an interesting one. People just don't have the money, right? It's uh, it's a bit of an issue. At the it's moment. also gone. The price has gone ridiculously high. That's true. It has gone. Yeah.
All right. Well, I've got Waylon Smith on from Easy Equities. He is on Skype to announce the winner of our big competition. Remember, Anthea, just explain what we were looking for here. Someone who was the best day trader or the best trader over a period of this month. Indeed. And, uh, and, and Waylon, have you got the, uh, the final results in? I do. Good morning, team. Morning, morning. Uh, Waylon, very exciting competition. The uh, standard must have been pretty high, uh, because there was limited time and, and whoever it was who won, would have had to show the best results. So you're going to tell us what those results were, and you're going to tell us who it was. But let me give you a drum roll so you can build up the tension here. Are you ready, Waylon? I'm very ready. Yes. All right, here it is. The winner is Howard Nkuna. All right, tell yes. me what how what did how what did Howard Nkuna do? So um, the competition stated that you had to hold more than uh, 12 sort of stocks uh, in your demo portfolio. Mm-hmm. And what he did is he went and he bought 30 different stocks and ETFs and even put in two ETNs there. So he had a massive portfolio. Um, and the returns on that portfolio was just over 20%, 20.49%. That's phenomenal. Um, that's, uh, Anthea, is that a good result? Are we that's, happy? That's brilliant, especially over the two months where the market was so volatile. And, yeah, and um, some nice... of his biggest gainers um, in his portfolio, Rock Castle, Ascendus Health, Curo, uh, Satrix Finney, Satrix 40, uh, that they did uh, particularly well. So, Waylon, I'm going to ask Anthea to just give her, her opinion here quickly. If if you bought these 30 or so stocks, I mean, is that quite an unorthodox way to do things, or is, is it pretty regular, would you? That is actually almost the perfect portfolio because utility theory says that anything above 25 generally – you know, it's negligible. So you want to, you want to keep it concentrated enough so that you make enough, um, return on each, if on the movements, but not so diversified that you're diversifying away your profits. So he's, he's got it spot on. And actually quite notably, he chose stocks that last year underperformed significantly. So the, uh, property stock, Nepi Rock Castle declined. Obviously, we, you know, we had that resilient report from Viceroy last year and all property stocks were impacted. Mm-hmm. And then Ascendus Healthcare, also huge problems they had last year, over-indebtedness and people saying that perhaps it's not the right way to go, but seem to have bounced back. So you really got shares that bounced very nicely. Wow, and that's not a bad return. I mean, 20.18%, very, very nicely done. So what does Howard and Kuna win, Waylon? Um, so Howard uh, will be winning 5,000 rand into uh, one of Anthea's four uh, hashtag invest portfolios, uh-huh. which Anthea will obviously manage for him. But Anthea, Howard has also uh, said to me that he has uh, set up a recurring investment of 250 bucks in one of your portfolios. Um, so that's quite lucky as oh, well. So he's already invested. Do we know which one he's invested in? Not a hundred percent sure. I will be meeting with him this week. All right, very nice. Well, congrats to him, and well done to everybody else who took part in this as well. Um, and and Wayland, thanks very much for telling us this morning. Thank you very much, guys. Thank cool. you very much. There we go. If you want to find out more about how you can invest, go to cliffcentral.com and you will find hashtag invest on the money shot page. You can find out all you need to know there, and maybe you want to become a trader as well. Right, Anthea? It's fun. It, it was super fun. Yeah, I. Yeah, Howard did particularly well, actually. Good for him. It shows you can make returns, even in a crappy market. He did have some losses, eh? So, uh, but his winners out, outperformed his losses. That's all you want. Exactly.
Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, Anthea. Very good. This is CliffCentral.com.